now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check. Hello, 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 podcast. It's not easy to do a barbershop quartet harmony uh, when it's a solo podcast, uh, as you've just witnessed. Is there anything that screams uh, asexuality more than being involved in a barbershop quartet? Just, I mean, I'm, I know there's a talent to it, but just the bow ties and the wacky hats and the... No, 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 just, you know, I've never known the touch of a woman or man. It's just, I don't... I guess that... I was going to say I don't like the arts that um, you don't want to have sex with the person when they're good at it. That sounds bad. But, like, you see someone who's really good at singing, it's sexy. You see someone who's really good at, uh, I mean, like, normal singing, not like bow tie singing. You see someone who, even a painting. Uh, uh, but I, I realized comedy is one of those art forms that uh, isn't that sexy. In fact, I mean, maybe. I guess it's a position of power uh, over a room, so that's kind of sexy, uh, no matter what your gender. But it's not. And in, in fact, the sexier a comedian tries to be, male or female, or non-binary, I see you, uh, the, l the least I like it. There, are, there is a brand of stand-up comedy where it's like, I'm pretty fucking hot and fuckable, right? And I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is the... Comedy is the barbershop, <laughs> barbershop quartet of the performing arts, okay? We're not here to be fuckable. If we reveal our, our, our weaknesses, if we reveal our frailty, frailties or our uh, insecurities or our stupidity and you still find us fuckable, great. That's on you. But just like, if you have a comedy act that's like, I fuck a lot. Nope. In fairness, I don't, I don't think you have to be way over the top self-deprecating uh, to do comedy either. In fact, as I've matured in life and comedy, I don't, I am less self-deprecating. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't think, in stand-up comedy, I don't think you're supposed to be the hero in the story. You don't have to be like, I'm a piece of shit. Uh, but, you know, stories where you come out looking cool, what's, what, you trying to get laid at a college party? This is stand-up comedy, what the fuck are we doing? Also, I've literally never been to a college party, so. Uh, I went to parties when I went to school, but if I, would, if I went to community college parties, it would be like, you know, some 52-year-old man who was like, hey, I don't have my kids this weekend. You want to come over? Yeah, if you're buying beer, because I can't do that yet. I should have gone to college, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Man, we started weird. I came out hot. Came out fucking hot today. It's a daytime podcast. I'm recording during the day, <clears throat> which means uh, it's a coffee podcast, uh, not an alcohol or water podcast. Uh, and, you know, I don't even know. 
I can't say who the podcast is sponsored by because I don't know what brand of coffee it is. I guess Costco, which makes sense because I like my coffee like I like my pants. Kirkland Signature. Huh? Uh, but the reason I can podcast during the day is this is the first week since March 2020. 14 months and a thousand years ago <clears throat> that all my kids go to school. All my kids go to school and they leave. The house is empty. Uh, until Olive doesn't go full day. She comes home about 1.30. Everyone else comes home about 3.30. Christy's at school because she works there. So, uh, man, is it nice. And this is, like, Christy's loving her paraeducator job. Uh... But, you know, this is the first time she's had a full-time job since before we had children. So, more than 18 years ago. And the, the first time she regretted it was when she realized everyone was going to go to school and I was going to be here alone uh, to nap, masturbate, or podcast. Or all three, we'll see what the day brings us. That was the first time she was just like, oh, shit, I could be home with no kids? Like, I know. I know. Thank you for um, the extra paycheck. Well, that, that probably sounds... Extra paycheck sounds shitty. It's a paycheck. Uh, we've never, Christy and I, this is mostly my fault, as, you know, I'm, I'm... We started out pretty punk rock, but we ended up very traditional. She was a stay-at-home mom. We have a evangelical amount of children. Uh... I was uh, the breadwinner. Uh, so we, we ended up very traditional, but one of the problems with my breadwinning being uh, restaurant jobs and then, <clears throat> then stand-up comedy is we've never... It's always been like self-employment insurance, uh, which is complicated, costly, and annoying, and Christy gets insurance for the entire family because she works for the school district now. And, uh, I mean, I, I almost teared up when we were picking our plan because it's like, it's, we've never had a job. Even the job she had before comedy and, and, and b before she had children and, and the jobs I had before I did comedy and before I had children. Neither one of us have ever had a job well, I don't know. I'll speak on my behalf. I can't remember. But I, I don't think we've ever had a job that had benefits. I mean, when I worked at a grocery store in high school, I got like time and a half on Sunday and stuff. But I've never had medical. Ever. We have dental now. Fucking dental? I thought that was for Jeff Bezos. And Bill and Melinda Gates. R.I.P. Man, if those two kids can't make it. I mean, what does Melinda want? Bill stayed so fuckable, so you know it can't be a sexual attraction problem. <laughs> uh, my point is, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible to be like, I feel like we were operating off the grid, and this, is, this job, Christy's job, is like on the grid. I'm like, oh, maybe money can't buy you happiness, but dental and vision sure as fuck can. 
I went from being like, hey, if you like the job, keep the job. But if not, we'll be all right. And now I'm like, oh, you're keeping this job. You're my sugar mama now. Although I, I was not the sugar daddy because that would imply. Uh, well, I think that would imply that her stay-at-home mom labor was not uh, valued, which it was and is. But also, I mean, you can't be, just because you're paying the bills, technically, that doesn't make you a sugar daddy. Sugar daddies don't get late notices. It's never like, hey, sugar daddy, we got, we got a bill from Puget Sound Energy that's pink. Is that a bad sign that we got a pink one? It says urgent on the front. Sorry to bother you, sugar daddy. Thank you for paying some of the bills some of the time and keeping a late rent payment roof over my head. I, well, I've never been in the right income category uh, to be a sugar daddy. I'm just a uh, broke daddy. Not anymore. Thanks to my lady. I might go to the dentist just hang out. You know, I don't really want anything there. I just want to say hi, check in. Talk to the other people in the lobby. You got insurance? Yeah, it's pretty nice. My wife works at the school. Pretty nice. Christy just had to get a root canal, which we paid for. Uh, just straight up. And if like she got it now, it would have cost her like 200 bucks instead of, I don't know how much, more than a thousand. Man, I might get another wife just so... Someone else can get a job with benefits. Or husband. I was thinking about this. Um, and now I'm talking about it to you. Uh, my daughter, Olive, who will be 10 <clears throat> on Saturday. Everyone's in double digits now. Um... She has ADHD or ADD. I think, does anyone have ADD anymore? I think everyone has the H, but I'm not positive. So does Christy. Uh, she also has that. But we, we had to go to an appointment uh, for Olive, which is like a checkup thing. And he, Olive knows she has ADHD. You know, she took, she's been taking medicine for it a couple years. I know that's controversial a little bit. You know, I know people over-medicate their kids and blah, blah, blah. And But, you know, we tried it, and she literally felt its effects. You know, she would come home from school for that first week or two and be like, basically, I feel amazing. I was paying attention all day. Like, it, it had such a positive effect on her, on her life. You know, that Christy and I were like, okay, we'll keep, it's a very low dose, but like, let's, Keep her on it. It's almost mean to not. Uh, so she takes something that has meth in the name. But for some reason at the doctor, the doctor was like, the doctor said to Olive, how's your ADHD going? And something kind of clicked to her that like, oh, I have a thing. And I, I, I've talked about this before where... 
so if you're a young person or old, but I'm, I'm observing my, my almost 10-year-old and my 13-year-old, the, the way you get social media clout, the way you're allowed to have a voice, the, the way you get a little bit of extra attention is by having something. You, if you are a person of color, fantastic. Uh, if you're gay, great. Not as good as being trans as far as, uh, uh, you know, as far as TikTok cred or YouTube cred. But you got to have something. And if you're just a, looks like you're going to be a boring, basic bitch like my children are, a couple of, couple of white heteros. I have no idea. We'll see what time brings us. You kind of got to go into one of the, you kind of got to be like, I'm depressed. I'm a part of depressed TikTok now. I struggle. Didn't want to get out of bed today. <clears throat> and I'm certainly not saying depression isn't like a real thing because I've struggled with it occasionally in my life and I've lived with someone who has struggled with it immensely. So of course, it's like a legitimate thing. But I saw it happen in Olive's eyes. She was like, wait. She, when we were in the car, she was like, is ADHD a disease? And I was like, no. I mean, I'm not smart enough to, I think it's more of a, I don't know what you call it, a disorder. Uh, but now she's been watching all these like ADHD videos and saying things like, yeah, I'm watch, I, I follow this new person on YouTube because they understand what I go through. And part of it is great. Great. I'm sure that you do understand what they go through. I mean, it's a little weird because uh, so does your mom. <laughs> I think you take the same pill and you never talk to her about it. So part of it is great. Like, okay, there's, you get other voices that are, are struggle with the same attention deficit disorder thing that you do. That's fine. But I don't know. Isn't there also... Just like with depression or ADHD or a variety of other things, you still have to, you, especially when you're 10, you can't just say, I have ADHD, which means I'm not able to pay attention. It does mean you're going to struggle with it, and she has. You know, it makes her life more difficult. There's no way around that. But it's also... I don't know, when she identifies with it so hard that like, yep, I'm hashtag ADHD or, you know, that's me, I'm flighty. I got a squirrel brain. I'm never going to pay attention. I want to be like, ah, but you have to. It's going to be harder, but you have to. And maybe that's my own non-ADHD brain. Uh. Maybe that's my 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 not my no ADD uh, privilege is uh I can say it's harder but you still have to do it and you know and I'm not saying she specifically tried to get out of things but it's just slightly uncomfortable to watch her like this is my community this is my um this is uh 
you know, I don't operate like normal people do. And that is true, but you still have to operate like normal people do just to get along in the world. And uh, I don't exactly know how to, uh, to get her to feel both of those things at the same time, and she's 10, so it doesn't matter. But it is, it is interesting. Um, just, I mean, to see the light bulb go off in the doctor's office, like, wait. There's something wrong with me that I could talk about online? <laughs> but I also, I like that she knows she has it. I mean, when I was a kid, we called, we called people hyperactive. I don't think that's a term that's around anymore. And it just meant like some wild kid who couldn't pay attention. Uh... But I like when when things are like a struggle for her, when it's hard for her to stay focused. I mean, I do. I would rather she goes, I have ADHD, so this is hard for me, than I'm stupid. I don't want that. You know, uh, same with my son. Uh, Johnny Gabriel, future St. Martin's. University student, go SMU, home of the saints. Uh, you know, I don't. I can say this because he, it's not a secret. He talks about it, but he has uh, dyspraxia, which uh, means the connection between his brain and his motor skills is cloudy. <laughs> and, you know, he learned to tie his shoes when he was 10. He learned to ride a bike when he was 16. Uh, is he ever going to drive a car? Mm, doubtful. Is he going to get a bus pass? Probable. Uh, and I like almost, you know, it's, I would rather he thinks, I have dyspraxia, and this gives my life some challenges, then I'm so, I suck so bad I can't drive. You know? I do like that there's a diagnosis. Um, and even in myself, I, hmm, I, okay, I'll mention this. I, I hate to bring this up because I feel like people are going to look for it now. I have, I have like little, ticks and uh, movements that I've done through my life, different ones. I don't know if ticks are the same thing as um, uh, Tourette's. I don't know if that's the same family. I haven't really looked into it too much. Uh, my wife says she rarely notices them. I'm hoping you guys are the same, but it's, I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons I don't really want to do video of the podcast. Uh, it's a reason I don't watch myself do video of podcasts, other people's podcasts, or um, I do see it in my stand-up sometimes, but it's it's pretty controlled in that environment. But it's, it's again, I hate to bring it up. I feel like you guys are going to be looking for, like, weird things I do, and it's not, it's not uh, that serious. But see, right now, I feel like, I, I, I don't think it's, if a doctor told me, oh, you have, uh, you have low-grade Tourette's, 
I would almost feel relieved. Like, well, that explains it. I thought I was just a twitchy asshole. You know? Maybe if that happened, I'd, I'd, be, on, uh, I'd be on TikTok right now. Hashtag low-grade Tourette's. I should be a hashtag twitchy asshole right now. <laughs> but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the same thing. And it's also like, you know, I think if you have Tourette's, you can't say to yourself, I'm not going to be tourette for the next minute. And I am able to do that. So I don't think it's the same thing. But I don't know. In some ways, if any, any problem anyone has in life, if you are able to get a medical diagnosis that explains the reason for that, there is a little bit of relief in that. You know, like, oh, I thought, I ate too much and lacked discipline. No. Uh, you have a thyroid problem. Well, that feel okay. All right. It doesn't help me on the stairs any, but that, that feels a little better. The problem to me is, of any of those things I just mentioned or, or any, anything that we used to call a handicap, no one admits it's a problem anymore. It's just sort of, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities, but it's like, this isn't a burden in my life. It's just how I am and everyone around me needs to work to accept it. And I know that there's some truth to that. I know that that is true in a lot of cases. Uh, but, I think this comes from having a severely brain-damaged Down syndrome brother. <clears throat> but sometimes handicaps are handicaps. It doesn't mean I'm talking that his life or anyone's life has less value or uh, is not worth preserving as much and as anyone else and, or any of that. But this, I, you know, I, I hear people say things about autism that I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Let me just stop before I say anything too stupid. I'm just going to say I have empathy for Joe Rogan in the sense I'm not like a big Joe Rogan fan. Uh, and I'm not even a, that big a fan of his fans. But Joe Rogan shoots his mouth off three hours a day after... Uh, smoking the finest marijuana in the world. And then someone will find a little clip and take it out and be like, he said 21-year-olds shouldn't get vaccinated. He's an idiot. And it's like, my empathy is you could do that with anyone's podcast and especially mine. Um, <laughs> so, but I've seen there was a thing kind of going around that uh, I think on Twitter that was like, even if, vaccines did cause autism, which they don't, but if they did, what you're saying to an autistic person is, I would rather my kid got smallpox than was autistic. Uh, as in, as an autistic person, it's insulting that someone would think I don't want my child to end up like this person. Part of that I understand. 
And autism is literally a spectrum. And there's super high-functioning people with autism that you probably wouldn't know. But I also know people with autistic children and autistic children that are adults. And it's a hard fucking life. It's not, oh, my son or daughter just learns differently. And maybe they're actually more evolved than we are. No, they're hosing shit out of the backyard. Because their middle school autistic kid likes to shit back there. They get bitten. They get hit. Again, this is a severe, severe autism problem compared to super high functioning. I understand that. These aren't the people that are going to send tweets on the low end. I understand that. I'm not saying autistic people are less worth less than anyone else. I would never, ever say that. But I'm, I would give my kid a vaccine that prevented autism. Why wouldn't you? My kids had chicken pox vaccines to save themselves from what is usually a weekend of itchiness. This idea that everything that happens just means you're different and it's not that difficult on your life, it's just not true. And I, I, I guess I'm, I'm almost thinking of this from my own family's perspective. You know, when people are like, when people would say to my parents, oh, it's almost probably a blessing. You know, you don't have to worry about him getting into trouble with drugs or you know, you're never going to have to worry about your son, Joel, uh, dating the wrong person or, and it's like, hey, He's almost died so many times. And hey, my parents in their 70s, and they wipe his ass every single day. It's not a blessing. Parts of it are a blessing. You know, I think everyone in my family is more loving than we would have ended up if not for my brother Joel. It's not all hardship, especially my parents who are, you know, the Christian perspective of like everything is here for a reason. And, you know, they, they might say it's a blessing, but just <laughs> it's really hard to be severely delayed at anything. And it's hard on those ar around those people. So maybe if you're high enough functioning autistic that you're composing tweets that say, hey, if your kid ends up like me, that's not such a bad thing and it hurts my feelings, I guess I can get that. But my wife and my nine-year-old struggle with paying attention, and that's like the, the least of it. There's other things that come from AD. HD than just like not being able to pay attention. Uh, so, um, you know, there's like a manic, there's other problems with it. And so we didn't just go as a family and Christy didn't say this about her or all of it. It wasn't like, <clears throat> you know what? I do have ADHD 
But that's just how life wanted my brain to be. If everyone else can't get as manic as I do, then that's their problem. No, they took medicine to become more normal. They're never going to be not ADD8. I added a D. They're never not going to be ADHD. But like, if there's medicine that can make it more manageable, they're going to do that. If I got to make my children uh, on the computer and pick uh, their character for the game of life, they're not going to have ADHD. They're not going to have dyspraxia. They're not going to have depression. They're not going to have autism. They're not going to have cerebral palsy or MS or anything. Why? W Again, it's if you don't have any of those things, you're not a better person than people that do. But isn't there something in between feeling pity for every handicapped person and just feeling no pity because they're just like we are? There's got to be a middle ground there. They're not like we are. We being whatever. The majority. They're not like we are. That's what makes them special which is where the term special needs came from, I guess. But instead of being like, I'm not like the norm and I do have some special needs and I need some things that most people can't and I might need some help or I might have some challenges getting through the world that the normal people don't understand, but I am also worthy of love and respect. Instead of that, online it's just like, I'm different than everyone else, which means I'm the same as everyone else. Huh? Then why bring it up? I regret, speaking of why bring it up, I regret bringing up this topic. I'm uh, out of my element. Uh, <laughs> send your comments to Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com or just tag me in your loud Twitter complaints. Uh, I love everyone. Uh, but I, 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 I guess I just, I'm not going to have the childhood I had and, and, and not have that impact how I view the world. And, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> I can't remember what comedian had this bit, but back when there, there used to be a ton of shows, maybe there still are, about little people about, you know, people with dwarfism. Which, by the way, calling someone a dwarf sounds a lot meaner than calling them, uh, I'll call it the M word. But whatever, I'll, I can do that. Uh, there used to be a lot like little people, big world. And, and the whole thing, like the whole, during the theme song, it would just be like, we might look a little different, but we can get through life just fine. And of course, generally that's true, but it's also like, we're just like you. We're like, no, you're not. You're wildly different than me. Not in your brain, but you're, you're a grown adult who had to build a house where you could reach things. 
You have a long stick that goes down to like the brake and the gas pedal. You are different than me. If you're a dwarf, that sounds bad. If you have dwarfism, if you're a little person, you have a bunch of challenges that I don't as a five foot 11 person. And that's the bit I remember a comedian doing is in the, in the, in the intro to that little people, big world, it would be like, we might be little, but we can do everything you can do. And then it literally it's like, no, you can't. You can't reach cereal out of a cupboard. That the challenges of being a little person are the only reason there was a reality show about it. There, there's not going to be a reality show that's like, we're the normal heights. We can reach all the pedals and shelves. That's a boring ass show. That's the curiosity of, well, it actually wasn't that good of a show, but there's the normal human curiosity of like, I wonder what it is like to be three foot four and go through life as a 40 year old. I bet that is interesting. I bet there is a unique set of challenges to that. Uh, but, you know, it's not honest. It's not an honest. It, it's, you know, they can't just call the show, figure out how short people live. It has to be, like, fake empowering. Maybe it's real empowering. I don't know. But I guess that's my concern. <clears throat> that's my concern when Olive lights up, like, wait, I have ADHD? Finally, I can get a reality show. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Again, it's not all bad. I won't, I, that's kind of the cool thing about the internet and the bad thing, but it's like, we do, we can hear someone living with autism. We can hear their experience now or ADHD or depression or, you know, there's a lot more access to that. There's a lot more, um, uh, you know, if you're online, when I was a kid, it was like, everyone knew like maybe a gay person or two. You know, it's like they, there's a kind of a joke, like, oh, my uncle's gay, or um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking of my uncle who has duck hunting bumper stickers on his truck and probably still thinks Trump won. Uh, he was not the gay uncle, although that would be fun if he was. But <clears throat> uh, if you're online... You've seen gay people now. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not an access issue anymore. It's not like, I just don't understand the lifestyle because I've never been exposed to it. Well, if you're online, you have been. Or trans. Or, you know, maybe you live in a white town like I do. People of color. Anything different than what you are, you have much more access to what that world is now. And I do think that is somewhat positive. Um, but it, it's also... You know, again, the <clears throat> whatever, whatever, uh, well, in the case of depression or ADHD, whatever affliction you have gives you more of a, of a platform to speak from or to get attention from, uh, I don't think is all positive either. Uh, but what do I know? <clears throat> I'm 47 years old. And I've been on TikTok for four months. 
and it's going pretty well. Yeah. Like most things in my life, I should have done it earlier. I have uh, I have 16,000 followers on TikTok, which I think, for how long I've been doing it, it feels pretty good. You know? It's kind of funny to put out a clip on TikTok and have it get 200-something thousand views and then put the same clip on Instagram where it gets 212 and Facebook where it gets 140 and YouTube where it gets 43. Um, <clears throat> but the reason for that is uh, TikTok is not just people who follow you. And I didn't think about that before I was on there, but that's a benefit it has over everything else is people who don't follow you couldn't see it. Not just if their friend retweets it or shares it, but it could show up. And, uh, oh, hello, Don. All right, hold on. Don's not on TikTok. Uh, Don, by the way, uh, we had a Costco order come yesterday. <clears throat> That's a thing post-pandemic I'm never going back to, I don't think. I don't think I, I'm going to, I think we're always going to get groceries delivered from now on. Uh, but uh, Instacart came with our Costco and, you know, they have the trunk open. I think it was like a husband and wife Instacart team. And uh, they have the trunk open and Dawn, Dawn gets in people's cars and our cars. So they have their trunk open, they're still unloading it, and he just jumps in there. And I was going to go get him, but I'm also like, there's all, you know, I don't want to like, you know, it's still a pandemic. I don't want to just randomly approach people in their car. So I said, okay, I'll get, I'll get, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't even have gone out there, but I had to show my ID because I got some uh, <laughs> Kirkland Signature whiskey. Uh, just like my pants and my coffee. And uh, so I'm like, hey, when you guys are, I'll, I'll get him out. Don't worry about him. I'll get him out when you guys are done. But then they start petting him, you know. So they picked him up. They took him out of their trunk. Donald Trunk in 2024. Uh, but then uh, Don, you know, he lays on the ground and starts like rolling around like cats do sort of exposing his belly. And so the lady, I saw it happening. I wanted to be like, no, like slow motion. She reaches to his belly like you would do with a dog. You can kind of scratch a dog's belly and they like it. Cats don't. If you scratch a cat's belly, you're going to get a, a swipe. Unless they're really in a cuddle zone. And so she did. She grabbed, she basically like, you're a nice kitty. And I like, grabbed his belly and he was like, wow. And like, he missed. Thank God he missed. Otherwise, um, you know, we might have got a very angry Instacart customer review. I'm not sure, but but I was also mad. Not mad, but like, don't. Of course, he's gonna take a swipe at you if you grab his belly. You know, what, lady, if you grab my belly, I might too. Granted, I didn't crawl into your trunk, but anyway, doesn't matter. Coronavirus is over in our hearts. I was, I've already done some hot takes I regret on this podcast uh, episode, but I was thinking, you know, there was a lot of, from inside the comedy community, 
during this pandemic, there was a lot of, if you're going on the road right now or you're doing shows, you're like borderline a murderer. You're having super spreader events so you can do comedy and it's very irresponsible. And that came from even famous comedians that came from. It came from like really not famous comedians too, like at the low end, just like open mic level of like, I'm not going to this open mic because I'm trying not to kill people. It's a pandemic. And, you know, it's not that they're entirely wrong. And I, uh, the work that I did during the worst of the pandemic, I second-guessed it constantly. I thought I might be doing the wrong thing constantly uh, for my own safety and other people's safety. You know, um, the observation I kept making is every show I did looked like the scene in a movie where they show the dumb people who are about to die, you know? Uh, we, we were the people, <laughs> we were the people surfing the giant waves before the hurricane hit the beach. You know, that's how it felt. So I, I, I understand that idea. I also didn't quite understand, you know, so I'm, like, this was nothing specific to me. No one ever said anything to me. It was just general talk. I'm not famous enough to, like, get called out by name, but just, uh, you know, so I'm I'm going to kill someone's grandma because I'm still doing comedy. But the bartender and waitstaff are heroes who have to work during coronavirus. Ha- huh? The bartender's going to be there whether I cancel or not. You know, I... It's complicated, but it was all it didn't make a ton of sense to me. And it, a lot of it was coming from people who either are very successful comedians who can afford to not tour, you know, because they have so much streaming income or podcast income or whatever. Or it came from people who are not even close to being professional comedians who are like, How dare you go to open mic? And you're like, Well, aren't you going to your work every day? Or maybe they weren't. Maybe they were at home Zooming like the rest of us. But it it seemed to be high-end and low-end that was real critical of comedians continuing to do work. So now, there's vaccines, and everyone's coming back, comedy-wise. From the open mic level to the I've had four Netflix specials level, people are coming back, and people are touring. But wait a minute. There's still a pandemic. It's, look, maybe when I do a comedy show or anyone does, maybe let's just say for math's sake, 50% of the room is fully vaccinated. So I guess that's safer than it was. It's less of a super spreader event. Well, none of my shows were super spreaders, just micro spreader events. But yeah, okay, I guess it's, 50% safer than it was six months ago or whatever. But if half, if there's, especially famous people, if there's 400 people in some room somewhere and 200 or 250 of them are vaccinated and 150 aren't, that's still potentially a spreader event. That's still potentially you can kill someone's grandma. So really... 
The only thing that changed is for the comedian who sat out this whole thing and now is coming back, the only thing that changed is you feel safe now. You've been vaccinated. It's almost like it wasn't really about other people. It was about fucking you. And I don't, again, I was conflicted about every gig I did, but like, it's still not. People are still getting COVID. I feel a lot safer because I've been vaccinated. But people are still getting it. People are still getting seriously sick. People are still dying less than used to, but still. That idea that, like, if you're traveling and performing comedy in August of last year, you're a heartless murderer. But now, if you do it, it's just because things are back. That makes very little sense to me. You can be vaccinated and still make people gather in a room in your name. You can make people gather in a room to come see you, and that's still potentially going to get people sick. Don't get me wrong. I don't think, I think at this point, of vac- if you're deciding to not get vaccinated, that's kind of on you. I kind of want to go back to more normal life and just be like, hey, if if you don't want to get vaccinated and you don't want to be as safe as the rest of us, as long as we can keep the hospitalizations down, let's just fucking go. We got to get back to life. I get that idea. You know, and I also get the idea that people who, comedians who sat all of this out and are now coming back, I have no problem with that. That's probably the smartest thing you should have done. But if you shot your mouth off that entire year about how everyone should be doing what you're doing, that's bullshit. You can, people can still get sick at your comedy show now. You can still kill someone's grandma. So stop, stop pretending you've been following science and your comedy career at the same time. It's, you were scared, so was I. You're less scared now, so am I. Let's, let's not pretend you're morally superior to anyone. If, if your defense is like, well, now I can kill less grandmas if people come see me. That's pretty weak. Why am I picking such hot topics today? I didn't want to do any of this. I had all kinds of fun stuff I was going to talk about. I was going to... I had an Uber driver who was uh, Richard Pryor's godson. That was going to be a fun talk. We didn't do that. Maybe next time. Uh, I have some shows coming up. In case you want to go kill your grandma. Um, Arlington, Washington. Friday. May 7th. Uh, let me pick and choose here. Brad Garrett's in Vegas, May 19 to 23. Uh, I'm in Olympia. Might be sold out already because it's a small show. Uh, May 27th in Olympia. Uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, June 4, 5. I'm in, I don't even think you can buy tickets yet, but I'm in Missoula, Montana, June 6. Um, you get the idea. GabrielRutledge.com. Um, thank you uh, for those of you who monthly pay money to listen to this podcast. It's appreciated. If you would like to check that out, the episode notes. 
Uh, it says support this podcast. Click on it. Or RutledgeRadio.com. Click on support. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep me uh, fully abreast in Kirkland Signature products. Um, and uh, thank you so much uh, to all of you who actually uh, pay money to listen to this. I use that money for goods and services, and so I appreciate it. And to everyone else, this podcast was free and worth it. Show's over. We're done. Bye.